I have to admit, this conference room has never smelled so good. Well, should we tell people it's not because of you or me? <laughs> <laughs> I did take a shower today. We, we just had a staff luncheon. We did. And your favorite food. One of my favorites. You have a lot of favorites. I enjoy eating. Okay. Does that surprise you? I, I eat to live. You know, there are two types of people. Yes, those I who live to eat and, eat and to those live. who eat, I eat to live. I don't live to eat, but I eat. But you do enjoy eating. <laughs> so now people are wondering, why did we have a lunch and what did we eat? So first of all, hello, everybody. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Michael Puppet's here with Father Herb Weber. Father Herb Weber. And today, our staff enjoyed a lunch of Chipotle because we You don't pronounce the T? Chipotle. There's a T in there, Chipotle. No, I just say Chipotle. Well, anyway, we had lunch so to celebrate. Wait, how do you say it? I say Chipotle, but that doesn't mean Chipo I know. Chipotle? I know some people say Chipotle, and that's not no, correct. No, that's not correct. We know that. I've okay. always said anyway, Chipotle. Anyway, the reason... The, re the reason for the meal was? Valeska's retirement party. And we wanted to celebrate with her. How do you and honor a Guatemalan retirement? With Chipotle Mexican Grill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Valeska, from probably many of you know, uh, has been on our staff here at the parish for... 13 years. A long time doing the bulletin and being... Uh, she started with the capital campaign. Yeah. Uh, helping people make their pledges... You know, uh, strong arming them, encouraging them, but also doing all the <laughs> the secretarial work, the the follow up, the sure uh, counting the the collection as it came in, right? That, that type of thing. So today was a nice time for us to gather. Even Marla came back, and uh, everybody was able to sit around the table and just enjoy time together. Speaking of staff time, I'm going to ask everybody that's listening on Thursday when this comes out to keep our staff in prayer today on Thursday because we're having a staff retreat and it's just a time for us to get together and uh, we're going to open with mass together and just have a time uh, for staff new and old uh, just to get to know each other better and pray together and talk about kind of vision and mission for the parish in the months ahead so please keep us in prayer this week these and, are always and, nice and, days and I ask people to pray that by the time the day is over I am still the pastor <laughs> It's not like yeah, tribal council. Like <laughs> you are the weakest there, there, link. There might be a coup. <laughs> <laughs> we can't get a priest on that such short notice for the weekend, so you can at least okay, stay I'll through stay Sunday. for a while. Yeah. Okay. We are moving on to the 17th Sunday of Ordinary Time, Psycho C. Here we are. And Psycho C is the Gospel of Luke, you so know, we are into Luke's Gospel. And everybody says, as they do every summer, I can't believe how fast the summer's going by. Well, we have the, are we are at the end of July, and you know what? I can't believe how fast summer's going by. <laughs> it is going by pretty fast. But um, end of July this weekend, it, you and I were talking a little bit earlier. Always brings up memories for me of when we were doing Exclaim. Was it, it originally? It was almost like the middle of August. Then the you very moved first it toward, year. Then you moved it towards the end of July. The very first year, we actually celebrated on the Feast of the Assumption, so it was the fifteenth of August. That was a Sunday. Yep, and then um, it was always the last Sunday of July, and if you're listening and you have no idea what I'm talking about, Exclaim was a big Christian music festival that we used to do here in Toledo, and we'd bring in artists like Matt Marr and 10th Avenue North, big nationally known they Christian bands. They would build a, a, a grand stage out at the CYO field, Yeah, take over the whole area. Parking would be filled, and people had to park down at St. John High School. Yeah, we'd shuttle them, and lots of good memories, and so I, this weekend is always, I always think of, Really, the good ministry and evangelization that happened in the name of Exclaim 
Um, and I think in the name of the Catholic Church. How many years did it run? Uh, it w- we did it seven years. Seven years. Seven years, yeah. That's a, fulf- a year of fulfillment, according to Scripture. Well, see, very biblical. And I think, I mean, at, its, at the end, we were attracting, you know, over 10,000 people the day of. So it was a, it was a really cool event, and I'm, I'm proud that I got to be a part of it. But, but this weekend, I'm just as excited to be at St. John the 23rd. And we're going to have the reading that we have every three years. So that's what got us to thinking about Exclaim, because six years ago, Right, because three years ago you didn't have exclaim. I fr- I, can't. I think it was. Six. What year is it? <laughs> yeah, this is nineteen. Yeah, yeah. So six years ago, yeah. not only did we have this reading on oh. the feast of exclaim, but I was the guest. You just called it the feast of exclaim. You really elevated the feast of exclaim. <laughs> well, it could be the solemnity of exclaim. <laughs> okay, so the the reading is very close to my heart because sure. I was I had the chance to to preach uh, to a large group and it's a long gospel passage last week was rather short this is long so pack, we're, pack we're a go- picnic lunch people we're going to start actually that's true it, the first reading is long as well except you can't eat before you receive communion so just pack it and leave it in your car <laughs> you'll know the rations will be there for after mass or you can have cookies and or coffee. cookies that's fine <laughs> okay I'm going to start reading the gospel and at some point I'm going to let Michael come in all right, I'll sit here because until... Because it, it has several components. Okay. This is chapter 11, verses 1 to 13. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father... Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us. And do not subject us to the final test. And then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend to whom he goes at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine has arrived at my house from a journey, and I have nothing to offer him. And he says in reply from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children and I are in bed, are already in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, if he does not get up to give the visitor the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up to give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. And I tell you, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. What father among you would hand his son a snake when he asks for a fish, or hand him a scorpion when he asks for an egg? If you then who are wicked know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will then Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit? to those who ask him. This is three readings in one. It really is. It's a lot. But let's start with the Lord's Prayer. Now, this is the Lucan version of the Lord's Prayer. Is the other one in Matthew? In Matthew. It's a part of the Sermon on the Mount. and That one's more familiar to that us. That is pretty much the one we use as the normal prayer. There's yeah. a couple of sections that are not included in Luke. Mm-hmm. But the, the, whole, the whole beginning is the same. 
Father. So when you you pray, pray Father. Mm -hmm. And again, we don't take that literally that God is male, but it's that parental relationship. Sure. You think of God not just out there or disinterested, but God, there's, God is as involved as any parent can be. Last night I had a wonderful, wonderful an opportunity to talk with a, a, a couple and their new child. They're, they're preparing for baptism for the child. And the, the child is about six weeks old and uh, going through a, one of those little things, you know, when he's just kind of restless. I don't, you know, I guess kids go through different stages as they grow up and he smelled Chipotle for the first time. He smelled Chipotle. He no, said that no, he can't no, eat that it. That was last night, not today. Oh. <laughs> anyway, but the father held him in his arm throughout the whole conversation. And I even stopped at one point and I said, that's, look at that. That little child has implicit trust in his dad, of course, and his, and his mother as well. Sure. It's complete trust that they will take care of him. And I said, that's you almost should take a picture of that because that is the image you want the child to grow up with, but not just in relationship to mom and dad, but in their, his relationship to God, mm -hmm. that implicit trust. So all the other parts of this gospel that follow, the parts that say things like, knock and you will receive and seek and you will find, that all follows from this first part that says the relationship. Think of God as a loving, caring, concerned parent do you ever think when you look at the scope of humanity i mean even just take this small microcosm that we live in at john the 23rd and you look at all of the people that come to church and you, you know a room full of 900 people and you think wow how could god possibly love me just as much as he loves every single one of them or how could god possibly give me the time of day versus every single one of them and I, then I, you I, then you you know multiply that out yeah. Well, that's our problem. That's a human thing. We, you know, like we sort of like even with uh, if you have two children, but what if you had five children or eight children? Are you telling me something I don't know? Uh, no. Uh, but <laughs> okay. Would you love them less? No. You would love each one totally. Sure. Well, I've I think I've shared that on the podcast before that after our second child was born, you know, the love that I felt for her was like a glimpse of of how God could possibly, you know, if we as humans are capable of that equal love amongst our children, how much more capable of, is God of that for the billions of us that are on earth? Yeah. So um, I think of St. Teresa of Avila. You know, whenever I'm in doubt as to which saint said something. Is it always Teresa of Avila? It's always Teresa of Avila. <laughs> she gets a lot of credit. Yeah, she gets credit for everything. Once in a while, I'll attribute it to Francis of Assisi. One of these days, you're going to hear Father Herb say, she said, take and eat. This is my body. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> that, this is only when I don't know. Oh, okay. But I do believe it was Teresa because she was a contemplative. Uh -huh. And one day coming out of con contemplative prayer, she said something to the effect I've come to know that if I were the only person alive on earth today, God could not love me any more than God loves me right now in the midst of all these other people. Yeah. So she was really touching on that same thing, that God ha gives total love to each person. Yeah. I have heard, I think I have heard that attributed to her before. From me. Because From I, I've used it <laughs> in homilies. You should have been pastor of St. Teresa of Avila. You could have given her everything. Well, just Avila. Just pa Pastor of Avila. Well, Avila is, is a beautiful walled city in Spain. It's not too far from Madrid. 
a beautiful city. I assume you've been there. Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> it 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 you know, it's one of those places I could not not go. Yeah. I haven't been there. In case you're wondering. That's because you have these two lovely <laughs> daughters who get your attention. Of course. Okay, so he he gives them the prayer. He teaches them how to pray. And then he goes into examples. And I love the example. Can you imagine you're in bed? I can just go to sleep right now if you want me to. No, you're in bed uh -huh. and somebody comes pounding on the door. It's your friend, your neighbor. Yeah. Who says, hey, friend, I've got these other people who have just come in from from Norwalk and I've got to feed them. First of all, never trust anyone from Norwalk. Oh, there's people no. from Norwalk who listen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And and he says, uh, the guy says, don't bother me. We've already locked the door. I would say Alexa's already locked the door. <laughs> Alexa, Alexa, unlock the door and let him in so he can get three loaves of bread. <laughs> and Alexa would say, do you want me to add three loaves of bread to your Amazon shopping list? Yeah. <laughs> well, but the, the whole thing is, it seems so out of perspective. Like, why make a big deal about this? Maybe locking the door was a bigger deal in those days. L literally, they sure. didn't have a key. Sure. They might bar the door. They had this big wooden thing they would put there. But it might have also been, you know, how could, I don't just have three loaves of bread in the bread box. I don't. Do, do I need to bake some bread? Wow, this is. And if I if, if I'm going to bake bread, then I have to get the fire going because I have to heat up the oven, because it's not electric. It was a lot more work back then. Yes, so it it really is a, a challenge. But then it goes on to say, but you know, even if you don't do this because you're friends, you do it out because of the man's persistence. So Jesus is saying, be persistent in prayer. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you'll find. And that's when the next part comes in. Knock and the door will be open to you. So I'm going to ask you, do you believe that? That if, it ask, if you ask, you will receive. By the way, I'm not asking you, Michael. I'm asking people out there listening. Do you really believe that if you ask, you will receive? I think a mature prayer life realizes that it's not a Christmas gift list. Dear God, God, I, God is not Santa Claus. I don't really, I really want a new pair of shoes. It's, and just because I want, I desire something in my life. Want is kind of a, a weird word. If, if I desire something in my life, either for myself or for another person, I think the mature prayer life would also try to discern if what you are praying for is within God's will and accepting that however God does answer that. I think God always answers but maybe not always with the with the way that we desire to see it, maybe necessarily. Am I making sense? Or in the time that we want it. Sure. You know, I'm I'm thinking specifically, you know, when somebody's praying for a loved one that is terminally ill, and of course we're going to pray for healing, and obviously we've seen many times that doesn't always happen. That doesn't mean that God wasn't hearing the prayer of the family, though. Then how can Jesus say, ask and you'll receive? Well, that's why you're the priest and I'm the music I'm director. I'm trying to put you on the so, spot. <laughs> because I I always take it as this, that ultimately for us, us, death is a grave matter in our lives. But I don't necessarily believe that God views death as tragedy. I believe that God views death as him bringing a precious child home, somebody that he dearly loves, into 
the eternal reward that was promised them. Okay, you're using the example of someone dying, but there's so many other things. I, pr I prayed for an end to starvation, or I pray that people would learn to get along with each other or, or start uh, expressing compassion instead of hatred. And those... And and uh, so if I pray for it, and then I turn on the news, and you hear that, you know, there's a new war broke out somewhere in the world. Sure. Um, especially with some of the minority groups around the world, if, you know, the, some of the, the countries where uh, the people have to flee because of their religion or ethnic uh, heritage, and they're just no longer accepted. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all heard about the, um, the, the Rwanda genocide that went on not you know within recent memory just the last 20 years yeah um, so you, you hear about that and you wonder Lord are you paying any attention are people aren't people asking for help now I'm not arguing against it I'm trying to say let's not give a simplistic answer to what for some people is a very complex issue sure and I think the answer is we we do get what we ask for but it, it comes disguised. So even like if I'm praying that my mother be healed or whatever I'm asking for, there is maybe healing, but not necessarily physical healing. Sure. It might be the healing of my own heart. Hmm. It might be the healing of, uh, of understanding that comes along or at least finding new peace with something. I am absolutely certain that anytime we pray, something good will come out of it. Father, I'm, and I don't want to simply say we get what we need. I'm not just going to say we will get uh, an answer, and uh, but we, it's often invisible. Father Mike Schmitz, I don't know if you're familiar with him right, or not. Yeah. Pretty nationally known priest, and he does. Um, Unlike me, yeah, <laughs> you're a pretty Perrysburgian known priest, yeah. <laughs> but he. Um, he does a series of videos on YouTube and social media for Ascension Press, and there is a series called Ascension Presents. And he did a, a video one time about why does God let bad things happen? You know, right, that's, and that's that's a major theological question. Sure, uh, non-believers, you know, if, if if God was real, why would He let something like the Holocaust happen? Why would He let something like nine eleven happen? You know, all of these questions. And Father Mike kind of posed, and I'm going to paraphrase, but kind of the summary of his message was that no matter what the situation is, God always has the capability and the desire to bring some sort of good from it. And the example that he used was the worst atrocity in the history of humankind was that God came to earth and we crucified him, right? Like God himself was crucified because of our human failure. But out of that terrible event, God also brought the most incredible event of human history, which was the resurrection and the salvation for everyone, which I thought was a great example. So, you know, even with, with that example kind of as our focal point, maybe where could we analyze in our own lives? Maybe bad things that have happened to us, but despite the bad, what are some good things that ha have happened to us as a result of that? Uh, I think it would be interesting to go back over the I, course I of totally time. I totally understand and agree but I would challenge that we might not be able to see the good things coming out of it. Oh, sure. Until uh, you're 80 years old or maybe 80 years past your death. Sure. Because sometimes it's just beyond the scope for us to understand. Sure. Uh, 
God thinks so big, and God can see time, past, present, future, all as present, as the instant moment. Right. This, this is the now. And so God, God knows what's going on. But also, don't forget, God has given us free will. Mm-hmm. If God controlled us and said, you must love each other, you must be nice to each other, and I'm going to make sure it happens, then it's not love anymore because if it's not freely chosen, it's not love. Right. So when you have that option, people are going to opt the wrong way. There will be people who call other people names, uh, the kid on the playground. Or you could be the one who walks up and says, hey, I'm going to befriend you. You're the new kid on the block. I'm going to befriend you. Sure. Uh, but it's our choice. We have to learn to make good choices, but we have free will. And when we fail, it's not just that we somehow pay consequences. Everybody does. Back to what you mentioned just a, a few moments ago about, you know, maybe we're praying for world peace or more compassion or whatever it may be. I don't think God would want us just to pray for something and then put all, all the eggs in the basket that he's going to do all the work. I think that we have to be agents of change in our own world. Oh, totally, as well. totally. We have to work at it, and sometimes He says, "Okay, I'll do what I can. You, you do what you can, and we're on this together." Sure. But there's something else that happens with prayers of petition. When we, whenever we pray, we admit that we don't have all the answers ourselves. Mm. You know, for me to ask God for something is to be humble, like Lord, I need you. In fact, that song you sang I last week. I just sang that last weekend. I know. I was even thinking you got you got it off one week, but we, we need we <laughs> need you because we're not going to make it on our own, and and that is a good thing. And start off with the, the Lord's prayer again. Our Father, hallowed be your name. The Father is the one who gives life. Sure, faith takes vulnerability, and I think sometimes in our culture where we want to have all the answers ourselves, that's why many people aren't necessarily open to faith. But we pray that there will be openness to faith this week. And we'll pray for each other. And And I'll pray for you to buy more Chipotle for the staff on a regular basis. Oh, I I did. I pay for that. Okay. (laughs) God bless you guys. We'll see you. Bye.